Welcome to the Weekly Words of Worship podcast. My name is Daniel Innocent. I'm a youth pastor with the Ontario Seventh-day Adventist Conference. And currently, I'm enrolled in Andrews University where I'm getting my master's degree in divinity. I invite you to join me in reading, studying, and meditating on God's word. This study is not prepared beforehand, which allows you to be a participant in the studying process. This will teach you how to study the Bible for yourself, which is the greatest gift that I can give you. Once we begin a book, we read it to the very end. No skipping verses, no reading out of context. Now, sit back in a prayerful state and let's enjoy the day's reading together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this chance and this time that we get to be together. Lord, as we open up your word, I ask that you would be the teacher, Lord, that you would lead this study in your direction uh, to accomplish your goals and to teach your children. Please insert yourself and remove as much as myself as possible and allow for me to learn Um, right along with everyone else. Lord, we repent to you for the sins that we've committed, and we thank you for the grace and the love and the peace that we found in you. So, um, yes, Lord, thank you for listening and for answering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sorry, just have a a bit of sniffles. But uh, good morning. Nice to see you all. Nice to see you. I hope that you're doing good today. We continue our Bible study in the book of John, chapter 1, and I invite you to open your Bible and to turn there with me as uh, we continue to read. And and today we're going to be reading a very interesting uh, passage. The Bible says in verse 17, what we read last time, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. Let's start at that first part. No one has seen God at any time. This is a concept that's repeated uh, more than once in the Bible. Um, You'll see as you read, as a matter of fact, if we turn to 1 John, if you turn to uh, 1 John, uh, the Bible also says in 1 John that no one has seen God at any time. I believe you would find it. Yeah, it's in First John. I, I turned there, but um, as a matter of fact, because this is a podcast, that means that I can search up these things on my computer. No one has seen God at any time. These are the disadvantages of... Uh, 1 John 4, verse 12. There we go. Uh-huh. I was looking in chapter 3. That's the problem. So 1 John 4, verse 12 says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. 
okay so we see this uh we see this idea on more than one occasion that no one has seen god at any time um now in first john he highlights a, a different component or an aspect of this which is that um the way that the world can see God is when us as Christians, if we allow, um, you know, God living in us to make us love one another, right? If, if we love one another, then we demonstrate God because God is love, right? So when God is inside of you, the number one thing that should change is you should become a more loving person. That's the number one thing that needs to change in terms of, you know, everything, right? You should, in some, you should be more loving, right? And I'm not talking about in a romantic sense, in a general sense, you should become more loving, right? When, when, Christ, when Christ fills you, you become more loving, not only to, not even just, only to your family or to your friends. You become more loving to strangers. You become more loving to animals. That's what happens, right? But we, our, our human nature resists that. Human nature, our pride, um, you know, sometimes fear, sometimes the fears that we have over other individuals who we don't know or, um, Maybe we have prejudices against, or maybe, you know, we, we have, uh, there's things that they've done to us or all sorts of different reasons, right? That could get in the way of love, but God is love, right? And so if God is in you, that love is always going to be wanting to conquer you. Love is going to want to triumph in your life. And so, you know, being in Christ, um, when, we, when we demonstrate lovingness, then people are able to see God. But when we just talk about legalism and, you know what I mean, and we have a big talk, but... The way that we treat each other is 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 pretty bad. Then that doesn't demonstrate God at all. So that's the way that uh, you know First John adds to this thought. But here, when we see it in John chapter one, so not First John, but John chapter one, verse eighteen, and it says, "No one has seen God at any time." You know, John is saying this just after affirming that Jesus is God. Which could make this confusing, right? Because in verse 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. This is talking about the word. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And if we skip to verse 14, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So this word in the beginning that the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father. And we know that Jesus is the only begotten son of the father. So Jesus is the word made flesh. The Bible says that the word is God, that the word existed in the beginning with God. So the word was never created. But then it says, no one has seen God at any time. And the, the difficulty is, it's confusing because we know that people saw Jesus. So what do we do? What do we do? Now, if you know you don't believe in God, and you know if you think that the bible is nonsense this is one of the areas where you know someone would say you see you see the bible doesn't make sense why would it say something crazy like that right and you know it's interesting because uh, yesterday we talked about the fact that the bible is the world's first book literally and um, you know, as I'm as I'm thinking about it today, in terms of the, the the impact that the Bible has had, it's not even just that it's the first book; it's still the most popular book, even though it's the first book. Can you believe that? Right, but anyways. You know, I sometimes I go on tangents talking about the Bible in general because the Bible is amazing. We should all read it, right? But uh, we digress, right? So as you're thinking about it, it should be coming to your mind, though. What does it mean? You see, the Bible is written in such a way that God expects you to have to do searching to find the answers. The Bible requires meditation, right? Requires meditation and reflection, right? It's to the glory of God to conceal a matter and it's to the glory of kings to search out a matter. God wants you to search. He wants you to search and to search and to search and to search because it's in the searching that you have your blessing, right? That's why he says, seek and you shall find. He wants you to search. He wants you to. And so many of the things that are written in the Bible are very ambiguous. And partially, they're ambiguous because of God's nature, right? 
is to the glory of God to conceal a matter. Where is that text found? That's te that text is in Proverbs. It is to the glory of God to conceal a matter. Proverbs 25, 2. This is actually, you know, believe it or not, important to understanding um, the concept that we're talking about right now. Proverbs chapter 25, uh, verse 2. Let's uh, turn there quickly. It is to the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Okay, so as we're trying to understand the Bible, understand that God's nature, as your nature is to search out matters, God's nature is to conceal matters, right? We've been on the earth for how long? And yet look at how much we have yet to discover. That's because this is a part of the nature of God. Right, we've only, as the last I checked, we've only explored 5% of our own ocean. Can you believe that? Incredible, right? And so the nature of God is to conceal matters, right? When, even when Jesus speaks, he speaks in parables. He speaks in like these riddles. And the disciples eventually are like, why do you do that? And he says it because it wasn't given for them to understand, but it's given for you to understand it. And that's the next component. Not only is the word supposed to be meditated on, the word has to be revealed by God. God has to be the one giving the Bible study or else you won't ever understand which now makes it that much more difficult. There's more keys that are needed. So what is being said? No one has seen God at any time. Well, let's think about it. First of all, God is spirit, right? God is spirit, which means that God is not confined to... Um, as a matter of fact, that's the way I should put it. God is not confined to the rules that govern our dimension. He's above it, right? In him, we live and move and have our being. He is the one that created the rules of nature. Those are there because of his wisdom. Are you following me? He created those rules, so he is above those rules. Right? He has the power to create from absolute nothingness. So when it says that no one has seen God at, at any time, we have to understand what realm and what dimension God actually exists in. And it's a higher level then you know what, I might even be able to explain in the next 15 minutes, but I'm going to try. First of all, the Bible says that God is from everlasting to everlasting. 
The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Okay. So not only, not only is God infinite in space, God exists at all points of time at the same time. I am the beginning and the end. When he presents himself to Moses and he's calling Moses to go to Egypt and Moses says, well, you know, when they ask me what your name is, what am I going to tell them? He says, tell them that I am the I am right? I am. Yahweh is his name. And that's his eternal name, the ever present. I am. He is. Always is, right? And it's hard to understand. Uh, how do you exist at all points of time at the same time? Isn't time linear, right? Well, for us, because we have a beginning. If you have no beginning, then how could time possibly exist for you? When would it have started? Ah, right. If you have a beginning, you're at the mercy of time, obviously. You haven't always existed. Even the thought of that is ridiculous. But just the fact that existence has always existed, like there's what point in time was there ever a zero point, you know, a zero, zero, colon, zero, zero, right? Even when there was nothing, someone could say in nothingness, time was still passing. Right, but the way that we calculate it is based on how the sun wrote or how the earth rotates around the sun. My goodness, I almost said the sun rotates around the earth. All of you would have hit unsubscribe. <laughs> but, anyways, if God exists in this realm of everlasting that says he's in the past, he's in the present, he's in the future. So he's telling you the, the future in the present because he's already there, right? He's telling Peter what Peter's going to do in the future because he's already seen what Peter has done in the future. For him to see it, what you can't see something that hasn't happened. When God reveals to you the things that are going to happen is because he sees it happen. He has access to it already. It's not a realm that he does not have access to. Just think about that. The future is not a realm that God does not have access to. He's already in the future. He's also in the past and in the present. Right? Time exists in him. He does not exist in time. And the same thing is true for space. Right, up, down, left, right, all around, and everywhere. He is omnipresent, right? 
So how could you possibly see God? If I were to ask a goldfish in the middle of the ocean to see the entire ocean at the same time, to see every nook and cranny of it, to see underneath every rock. Would the fish be able to do it? Of course not. Is God able to see the entire ocean under every nook and cranny? Of course he is. Why? Because he is as big as it. He is as great as it. He can see in all the different dimensions of it. When our eyes only look in one direction, what can we see? Right? <laughs> Even just directionally. It's like, how do you, it's like having a cell that's inside your kidney try to imagine what you look like. Then how is this supposed to know what you look like? Right? <laughs> osmosis, like, you know that cartoon, Osmosis Jones, when Osmosis is like the, there's a cartoon where there's a, a white blood cell and it's fighting bacteria and, and germs in your body and stuff the kids cartoon and it's it was uh i can't remember exactly what happened but you know as i said that's the the, the general sense of it but it's interesting the cells don't know what the human that they're working in looks like like they're all just working and living regular lives but they don't know what it looks like they don't know what the human looks like because how could they? They exist inside the human. And the same thing would be true for us. How can we see a being that we exist inside of? Have mercy. And the crazy thing is that he promises that one day that we will see him just as he is. Oh my goodness. That's taken in First uh, John, right? As a matter of fact, let's pull that up. We will see him as he is. Oh, it looks like there's an actual song for this. First John. I'm going to have to look up that song at some other time. But this is a you know cool experience looking up text as I'm as I'm talking to you and doing the study with you. But anyways, 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, right? Imagine that. So what you are has to be changed just for you to be able to do this thing that it's about to say, right? Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see, the Bible says in order for you to see him, you have to become even more like him. So 
when our bodies are changed, it's going to require our bodies to be changed just for you to be able to see God. And we have no idea to what extent. Right? And what limitations will be broken. We have no idea. So John says, no one has seen God at any time. And is that second part at any time that causes me to ask the question to myself, if this is talking strictly just about people or if it's talking about angels? And I know that sounds crazy, you know, because angels are in the presence of God, but if for us, it's as if we haven't seen Jesus because, or sorry, we haven't seen God because even though we've seen Jesus, we're only seeing an aspect, but we're not seeing God. We're, we're, we're seeing a, a component of God, right? And um, I know that sounds crazy, but even the wholeness of who Christ is, Right, we see it in the representation of what he did, but there's no way for us to wrap our minds around that. Right, there's no way. And even if we've seen Jesus, we haven't seen the Father and the Holy Spirit. You following? We've never seen the Father, the Holy Spirit, their spirit, and even Jesus' spirit. I'm seeing him right now, but I'm not seeing him as he is in the state that he is in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, like, you know what I mean? When he's, when he's looking at the film tape, that's called time. <laughs> when he's just looking at the past, the present and the future, I can't see him in, in that, in that, in that realm of existence. I don't exist. In, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a dimension where we can just go through time as if it's nothing. And that means something because if you saw me when I was just born and you saw me when I was just about to die, you would be looking at two different faces. Have mercy. You see, when you see somebody at a different point in time and they develop different scars and they develop different, you know, over time, we change. And, you know, God stays the same. I, you know, the Bible says that he stays the same in the past, the present, and the future. But the point is that First of all, in space, how can you see him if you exist in him? And in time, how can you truly see him if he doesn't just exist in the present, he exists in the past and the future at the same time, right? I know that part about the time aspect can be a bit confusing. I know, you know, hopefully someone... Uh, Someone, uh, you know, smarter than me will explain it afterwards, right? <laughs> but meditate on that. 
Very interesting thought. The Bible says, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. You see, so we haven't seen God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to make another tape. Because this next part is so important. And for tomorrow's study, we you need to make sure that you come back because we need to take some more time in verse 18. And this is the beautiful thing with Bible study. Um, you know, it's not about how far and how much you've read. It's about how much you've understood. How much you've understood. Not how much you've read how much you've understood and all you're getting get understanding the bible says right so taking your time to meditate and to truly understand in depth the things that you're reading as you're reading is the way that he calls you to read it anyways let's pray heavenly father we thank you lord again for us being able to read like this Lord, I know that those who are uh, listening might be going through different trials and uh, tribulations and are facing different challenges. And I just, uh, you know, bring all those challenges up to you. And I ask their Heavenly Father that you would remind them to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and all these other things, Lord, will be done for them. Lord, we know that you take care of all of our needs we know, dear Heavenly Father, that whenever we call, you answer. You're a friend, an ever-present help in times of trouble. You've never let us down. Lord God, we just want to thank you for how amazing you are. Truly, Lord, without you, life wouldn't exist. There would be no existence. There would be nothing. And it would be meaningless. It would be pointless. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for choosing us and for loving us and for dying for us. Jesus, please bless your children. In your name we pray. Amen. Have an amazing day. God bless you.